Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Bob Lovell, and we're glad you're here. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven the number two savelives.org. Football. It's fall. We're talking football. Right now, though, the man with all the football scores and information, the star of our show, it's Network Indiana's Brendan King. Coach, you are the man. Great to be with you on a Saturday night. None bigger piece of information today in the state of Indiana than Jonathan Taylor not only being upgraded from questionable to expected to play against the Tennessee Titans for the Indianapolis Colts tomorrow, but he also is finally, at last, signed an extension. Three years, $42 million, $26.5 million guaranteed. Now, Taylor talked with the media earlier this week before this contract signing on letting bygones be bygones with the Colts and him. Oh, well, the number one thing was just continuing to attack the rehab every single day. Like I said, the number one goal was to get healthy, and I believe everybody was on the same page with that. So just being able to to work in, in communication with their organization and my squad, just being able to provide any and everything that I needed in order to get back out there on the field. Again, Taylor expected to play tomorrow for the Colts against the Titans. That's a 1 o'clock start from Lucas Oil Stadium, where the Colts have not beaten Tennessee since November of 2020. The Titans have won five consecutive games against Indianapolis. And right now in the AFC South, everybody's got a 2-2 two and two record. Head coach Shane Steichen, on the, Shane Steichen on the importance of divisional games. Anytime you play division opponent, obviously all games are important, but you know, I tell the guys, if you want to win a championship, you got to win the division. So uh, that's going to be key. Obviously, you know, we got this game, you know, that's all we're focused on right now is 10 Tennessee, but we got we got to win division games. Now, even though Taylor's expected to be in there, there are some key injuries for the Colts. Shaquille Leonard will not play tomorrow with a groin injury. Neither will Quiddy Pay with a concussion. Left tackle Bernard Ryman also remains out with a concussion. But the Colts are expected to get back center Ryan Kelly, who had been out with his own concussion problems for the previous couple weeks. It's also the first time tomorrow that you're going to get to see together in the backfield Anthony Richardson. And Jonathan Taylor for the Titans wide receiver Traylon Burks will not play. All right, and here's an update on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Louisville, a 45-yard touchdown run to take the lead right back. A minute five left in the third quarter, but the Irish did answer with another field goal. 54 yards, it was good. Louisville on top of Notre Dame, 17-13 as the Irish in this hurricane of a middle of the season where they've already played Ohio State and Duke over their last two weeks. Coming up next week, they got USC at Notre Dame Stadium. Elsewhere, Iowa beat Purdue today 20-14. The Boilers are 2-4. Eastern Michigan top Ball State 24-10. Indiana coming up next Saturday against number 2 Michigan at noon from the Big House. Here's some Division Three and NAIA football scores. Marion shut out Madonna 41-0. It was St. Francis over Siena Heights 42-28. Indiana Wesleyan got the best of Taylor 42-17. Wabash by a dime over Worcester 45-35. It was Rose-Holman 44, Manchester 7. Franklin defeated Anderson 36-28. It was Trine 34 
uh, Adrian 14. DePaul defeated Denison 17-6. Butler fell to St. Thomas 17-10. Drake defeated Valpo 20-14. And UND hammered William Jewell 59 to 17. Top 25 scores of note. Number 4 Ohio State defeated Maryland 34 or 37-17. The Buckeyes see Purdue next week. It was Oklahoma over Texas 34-30 in the Red River rivalry. Number 11 Alabama held on against Texas A&M 26-20. UCLA upset number 13 Washington State 25-17 and LSU Just squeeze past Missouri, 49-39. Major League Baseball postseason. The Rangers beat the Orioles 3-2. Astros over the Twins, 6-4. The Phillies shut out the Braves, 3-0. And the Diamondbacks against Clayton Kershaw got six runs in the first inning at Dodger Stadium. Diamondbacks, seven. Dodgers, nothing. Second inning at Chavez Ravine. I'm Brendan King. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven the number two savelives.org. Sign up today, help lives in the future. Anyone can sign up, no age limits, no health restrictions to sign up to be an organ donor. Every 10 minutes, someone's added to the donor transplant waiting list. There are more than 1,000 Hoosiers waiting for a life-saving organ transplant. And by signing up to be an organ and tissue donor, You can help save eight lives and heal 75 others. Their important website, we encourage you to go there, driven, the number two, savelives.org. Brendan King, scoreboard updates every 15 minutes. Mr. King, let's talk about college football today. Mm -hmm. Run through small college football for me and tell me what's going on. Yeah, Coach. Well, we'll start with your Franklin boys, 36-28 over Anderson. Good win for them. Good good for us. Yeah, try and beat Two in a row for the Grizzlies. Yeah. There you go. How Way to go. It. Yeah. Uh, try and beat Adrian, 34-14. DePaul over Denison, 17-6. St. Thomas, 17. Coach Butler, 10. Drake, 20. Mm. Valpo, 14. And, boy, what a win mm. for you, Indy. What a win for you, Indy. 59-17 over William Jewell. That's a heck of a W. Hounds are 5-0, and Coach. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I know that. We're going to talk about that game in just a few minutes. So, you know, Chris Kievers is a tremendous football coach. Um, and that's a, a solid uh, program historically, uh, very very competitive every year, and uh, doesn't surprise me that they win big today. No, me neither. I mean, you look at their strength of schedule too. I mean, it's really something. I I really had not looked as closely to their schedule, but it's really an every week type of thing. It's a battle. I guess that's how it goes at that level of football too. You got to yeah. challenge yourself. No, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Hanover College with a W. Homecoming down there today. Did they win? I believe so. I'll get that for you, but yeah, I'll- I think they did. I think they did. I think they. Uh, we're gonna try to talk to Coach Theobald later on tonight. Uh, my grandson was. I, I know it's the homecoming because my grandson's down there, uh, hanging of out. And so, yeah, of course. Twenty-one yeah, nothing, Coach guy. over Bluffton. Twenty-one. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They're playing. It's a good bounce back from last week's last week's loss. All right. So there you have it. All right. So Jonathan Taylor. That story has uh, captivated everybody. But uh, this matchup with the Colts and the Titans has gone the way of the Titans, as you mentioned. So what do they do tomorrow to change that? 
Well, I think Taylor's going to be a key addition. I mean, that's obvious. But listen, you got a you got two major problems. One of them is named Derrick Henry. The other major problem is that yeah. your top linebacker, Shaq Leonard, is not going to play. So that's a little concerning. Quiddy Pay from the defensive end position is also out. And you're also missing your left tackle still, Bernard Ryman. So even though mm-hmm. you're going to get Taylor back, you're likely as well going to get Ryan Kelly back from the center position. Uh, you still have some major pieces that you are paying a lot of money not playing. So, uh, you know, Henry, I don't think he's been as explosive this year as he has been in previous, but listen, he's still Derrick Henry, and he could still do a number on your defensive line, your linebackers, and the fact that Leonard's not going to play. I thought the Colts struggled early in the game last week against L.A. I mean, Kyron Williams had two first-quarter touchdowns, Mm -hmm. and of course, that's Notre Dame's own Kyron Williams, and this is no disrespect to Kyron Williams, but he is not Derrick Henry, and uh, he made it look easy in the first quarter last week, so Colts are going to need a good start because, again, the fact that you were down 20 to nothing at halftime last Mm -hmm. week uh, you can't afford to do that against the Titans in a divisional game. No, you know, th- this game, look, I, re- I remember my days as an undergrad at Franklin College. So and I take a course called Coaching of Football, right? Taught by the Hall of Fame, legendary Red Fought, for whom the stadium is named. And we're talking about football, and he talks to me about the keys to football, keys to winning in football. Um, one very important key, running the football, your ability to run it, your ability to stop the run. And it's at or near the top of the things he talked about of the importance uh, of, of football, how you're going to win football games. And I think it's perfectly clear in this matchup tomorrow that that's going to be one of the big keys. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I'm with you, and the ground game should control the game tomorrow. And I guess, Coach, the benefit for the Colts, I don't think anybody's aware of what Jonathan Taylor's going to look like unless you have been in that building. And that's not many people. Right. So a lot of folks are going to get their first look at what JT is going to be able to bring to the table. So he starts slow. I think that's manageable. Right. If he starts great, that's awesome. But if he starts slow, that's manageable because Zach Moss has been one of the better running backs in this division since the start right. of the year. I mean, Moss has multiple games nearing triple-digit yards. So he has given you a little bit of a safety net. So even if Taylor does not come back as the all-pro type, you got a guy in Moss that can also help him meet up some yards. Brendan King, he's going to come up with a school board update coming up next. Colts and the Titans tomorrow, 1 o'clock. Lucas Oil, get out, have some fun, watch some ball, and then join Paul Condry and me tomorrow night from 6 until 8 for the pairing show. That sounds like a, a day. That's, that's a perfect way to spend your day. Scoreboard update coming up with Brendan King on Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. Checking in from Louisville, where the number 25 Cardinals on top of number 10 Notre Dame. That's a 17-13 score. About 13 minutes to play in the fourth quarter. Louisville has the ball. Notre Dame just took a face mask penalty. And the ball was already at midfield. So Louisville will be in Notre Dame ground up four in the ball game in the fourth quarter. One game just went final from Terre Haute. Northern Iowa holds on and beats Indiana State. 
That's a 27-20 final. Again, we'll touch more on this as the night goes on. Jonathan Taylor, his new contract extension, three years, $42 million, $26.5 million guaranteed. Taylor is the first running back to land a contract with $10 million or more per year since Nick Chubb signed that in 2021 with the Cleveland Browns. And, of course, Chubb at the moment out for the season for Cleveland with a knee injury, multiple ligament tears in that knee. So the Browns took a bit of a risk. They paid Nick Chubb. He's now hurt, of course, for the Colts. They hope that Taylor able to stay healthy through that three-year contract extension. It's the Colts and the Titans tomorrow from Lucas Oil Stadium at 1 o'clock. AFC South, everybody's 2-2. Two and two. Colts have not beaten Tennessee since November of 2020. Five straight W's for the Titans and their head coach, Mike Vrabel, including sweeps in back-to-back years. Major League Baseball, it just gets Worse and worse for the Dodgers. The Diamondbacks laid six on Clayton Kershaw in the first inning. It's now Arizona nine, L.A. nothing. Second inning in the NLDS. I'm Brendan King. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. College football today. The University of Indianapolis ranked number 12 in Division Two. 59-17 winners over William Jewell, homecoming at Key Stadium today. 648 total yards. Nathaniel Finch has the call of this game for WICR. Hello, Nathaniel. Hey, Coach. Good to talk to you. It's great to talk to you. Those of you who don't know, Nathaniel, a very important member of the Network Indiana, Indiana Sports Talk team, uh, out doing his duty to his beloved Greyhounds. Uh, this was uh, this was ugly early, it seems like. And you know what? This is a William Jewell team that has been really bad the last handful of years. But this year looks like, you know, it's a different team. They went from 2019 right. until September of last year, 27 straight losses, Coach. But this year they're 2-2. Two and two. They got a new coach. Mm. They've got mm-hmm. some new players. They're looking good. They came out, and it was 14-10 mm. to 10 after the first quarter. They looked good playing with a backup quarterback, and then things just spiraled from there. Mm. Couldn't tell by the final score <laughs> and the total yardage that you read off there. It was a close game for about 12, 15 minutes. So what are the Hounds doing to put up these impressive numbers? I mean, most of it came on the ground. They had over 400 yards rushing. Their fifth wow. string running back almost hit 100 yards. He was four yards short of it, had two touchdowns. Right. It was just run the ball with their – backs, some receivers, and then this quarterback that they got, I'm telling you, he just transferred in. This is my first look at him, and he is, Gavin Sukup is his name. He is a name to remember. He's going to be on a lot of the watch list towards the end of the year. He can throw the ball, had three touchdowns, and then he can also run the ball, had over 80 yards rushing, and was it was just such a good dual threat for this offense. Yeah, and, and Sukup is a, an out-of-state kid. Where's he from? He's from Juco DePage. So a small school came okay. up and you know, won the starting job over a very successful Connor Kennett from a year ago. Beat him out in camp, and right. he showed today why. He was incredible. So, man, oh, man. Your fourth and fifth string running backs are at or near 100. <laughs> <laughs> your, your offensive line, you, you can't uh, congratulate them, uh, have enough kind words for them, because they were dominant from start to finish. Same five guys from a year ago, and you know, three of those guys have in their fourth, fifth year with this team. It's just the same guys. They're all local kids, guys from New Pound, North Central, a lot of these 
schools that are around here. Right. And they're just maulers up front. They always have been for Coach Keevers. Coach Keever's one of my favorites, quite frankly. He's a tremendous coach. So uh, they have 240 yards uh, on the ground. Uh, I'm looking at this incorrectly. They were they were all over it. So they spread spread the wealth. A lot of guys get into the end zone, as you mentioned, uh, and um, they're just. You, know, you mentioned Gavin Sukup. He's uh, uh, three touchdowns, 167 total yards, pretty solid day. So coming up, let's take a look at the schedule because, well, number one, they're ranked number 12 nationally. So uh, that's incredibly important if they have aspirations to get in to the national tournament. I mean, not only get into it, they, if they continue doing what they're doing, they'll host part of, the na- part of that national tournament. And next week, they play Truman, who's also ranked, who's the second-best team in the conference, who – Always gives the Greyhounds a good fight. That one is in Missouri. Should be a great game. Really looking forward to seeing how that one's going to go because it'll be a battle. Do you get? Yeah. Do you get to travel to to Truman? No, no I'll be I'll be uh, running that board for you next week, Coach. Uh, outstanding. This, I got I got to call uh, the game today. Hounds lost our game. It's because it was homecoming, Coach. They let they let me come back. I'm graduated. I'm gone. I don't go there anymore. But they wanted me to come back because it was homecoming. So. It's just a one-off for me, but it was a lot of fun to see oh, these guys I think again. That's, that's that's great and and festive atmosphere. People had to be thrilled with the outcome of the game with the uh, Hounds today. I mean, that's a big, big win. But you mentioned Truman State. That's a uh, uh, a, a, t- a really, really big ball game for them next week. Quite frankly, might have postseason implications for both teams. Well, the winner's going to win the conference. I think we all know that, but you're right. I mean, it's it, whoever wins that game could be the one to host or at the very least play in that tournament. Wow. Big day for the University of Indianapolis Greyhounds. UND beating uh, William Jewell soundly, as a matter of fact, 59-17. Nathaniel Finch on the call. Uh, who'd you have as your player of the game today on the on the broadcast? I mean, shoot, it's hard to find one, but I gave, I gave it to the fifth-string running back. This is a guy that really messed up his leg a couple of years ago, gruesome injury, came back, and obviously isn't getting a ton of time because we got so many guys up on the depth chart. But coming in, 96 yards, two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He he looked like a bat out of you know where. It was impressive. Right. Yikes! A bat out of you. I do know where. Yes, yes, yes. I do. Uh, at Truman next week, but uh, the schedule. You know, they're what midway. They're kind of halfway through, right? So they have yeah. uh, they have Truman next week, uh, and then um, they yeah, have and Quincy on the road. They, listen, these next two. Yeah, these next two weeks are long road trips at Truman State, and then at Quincy. Um, it's amazing to me uh, that, that you, they've they've managed to handle these road trips so well uh, because it's hard when you're traveling six, seven, eight hours to go play a football game, and they've done it. So these next two are incredibly important to them. That's right. You know a little something about those long road trips there, don't you, Coach? Your days back at IUPY. That's why I'm in radio. Keep you short. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, that's that, that's exactly why I'm in radio. I was I I was done with the road trips, and um, you know, it's a long story. But we had gone to Division NCA Division Two. We were an independent, and so you know, putting together the schedule was a nightmare. And it became clear to me. Uh, all we're going to do is travel. Uh, the institution is not going to give us the uh, financial support they need to, and the first casualty here is going to be me. And so I just walked out. I, I had a great time, enjoyed it, but I knew I had no future because of those road trips. So I can appreciate how hard it is to win when you're in a bus like that. And so uh, if they can take care of business on the road like they have, they're in good shape. Nathaniel Finch. You're the you're the best. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you on the show next weekend. Thanks so much. Yeah, that's right. Thanks, Coach. You're welcome. Thank you. The University of Indianapolis, ranked number 12 in NCAA Division II football action. Uh, very impressive win today at Key Stadium in front of a big crowd. Uh, homecoming. You don't disappoint the home crowd. Uh, this is a 59-17 win, and as we mentioned there at Truman State, that's in Missouri next week and the following week at, at Quincy. Back home again on the 28th of October at Key Stadium taking on Upper Iowa. And uh, then McKendry the following weekend, November the 4th, wraps up their regular season. That would be senior day too. So, man, oh, man, we're just – we're already at the uh, – Week number nine of high school football, college football, about midway, a little past midway uh, for their regular season. Once again, a reminder, don't want to belabor the point, but do want to continue to remind you as if you haven't already marked your calendar. Paul Condry and I will be bringing you the pairing show for the upcoming state finals on Sunday. That's tomorrow, 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Many of these great stations around the state bringing you that. Uh, we encourage you to listen to your, your station and your air and your community. Uh, and we were also streamed on the IHSAA Champions Network. And so we'll be there and we're going to have some fun with it. Uh, we know it's an important, important night for everybody involved. I mean, really, really important. So um, we take it very seriously. Paul will be uh, amazing. You, you'll be able to see him in action or hear him in action tomorrow night because he is just unbelievably um he's just it's a, a walking encyclopedia quite frankly so yeah join us have fun lots of watch parties make sure you send us all those pictures we'll give you those in that information tomorrow on the show and show us what it's like how much fun you're having and we'll take it from there Scoreboard update coming up. The man himself, Brendan King, coming up next on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. 
October the month, and it's getting scary if you're a Notre Dame fan. 24-13, number 25, Louisville, on top of number 10, Notre Dame, with 9.40 left in the fourth quarter. ND just turned the ball over. It was a turnover on downs. Louisville held Notre Dame on fourth down, and the Cardinals get the ball back, and this is an opportunity for Louisville not only to shave some clock, but try and set this one out of reach. So the Cardinals are looking for a massive win over the Irish. It is the last stand for Notre Dame, who again, after tonight, would have to regroup next week to take on the USC Trojans at home. Elsewhere, Purdue fell to Iowa. That was a final of 20-14. to 14. Hudson Card threw a touchdown but had two picks in the game. Purdue gets Ohio State next Saturday. Eastern Michigan, 24, Ball State, 10. The Cardinals dropped to 1-5. and five. Indiana State lost to Northern Iowa at home. That was a final of 27-20. It was St. Thomas, 17, Butler, 10. Drake got the best of Valparaiso, 20-14. UND hammered William Jewell, 59-17. And Hanover shut out Bluffton, 21-0. Other scores from small college football, Indiana Wesleyan. They took care of Taylor, 42-17. It was St. Francis, 42, Siena Heights, 28 tonight. Marion blanked Madonna, 41-0. Wabash by 10 over Worcester, 45-35. Rose Holman, no problem with Manchester, 44-7. And Franklin defeated Anderson, 36-28. I'm Brendan King, Network Indiana. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. So glad you could join us. And we're thrilled that you were with us last night, week number eight of the regular season coming up in the next hour. Paul Condry will join me and we'll recap uh, week number eight, look ahead to week number nine. Paul will be joining me for the pairing show broadcast tomorrow, 6, 8, 6 to 8 p.m. tomorrow uh, on the IHSAA Champions Network. Uh, we're excited about it. I uh, hope you all can join us. Um, by 8 o'clock, everyone will know who, who they'll be playing and where uh, on this uh, very important night. Um, it's, it's not without tension. I know Mr. Condry and his staff have been preparing for quite a while, uh, and you'll see him in action and hear him in action uh, tomorrow night because uh, our goal uh, is a, a simple one. We want to make sure everyone gets the proper and accurate information they, they need to have in terms of the tournament, who's playing whom, when and where that's our number one goal secondarily we're, we're we've always believed that we want to try to mention as many schools as we can and uh, paul will then mention uh, certain individuals at those particular schools um I, I apologize in advance because we're not going to be able to mention everyone and then the other part of it too is that uh, and I know how fans are, and, you know, so like, let's say we're talking about sectional number uh, 20 and we mention two schools and say something about them. Uh, people get upset. You know, if I give any example, because, you know, this we've done this for a while. So, you know, you, you'll mention like uh, I'll just pull out random you know, like sectional number 28. You know, you've got. Uh, LaPel, Eastern Hancock, Ritter, Union County, Shenandoah, Heritage Christian, Northwest, Northeastern, and Winchester. And so my job is, you know, I kind of give an overview. 
uh, you know, what records, who's playing well. There may be two teams with winning records, and I'll go, you know, you know what, Paul, so-and-so and so-and-so really playing well. You can't imagine the number of people who go, how come you ignored us in, in sectional number whatever, you know. And so <laughs> we've, we've learned to deflect the criticism. You know, you, it's, it's, it's a valuable lesson to learn is that no matter what happens, you're going to get criticized. You know, having coached as long as I, as I did, uh, we understand that. Rob Blackman joins me. Is that you, Rob? Yes, sir. What are you, what are you talking about? Critic- getting criticized as a head coach? What's oh, going on there? Man, you know, man, uh, did, did you just get off the plane? Yeah, yeah, about five minutes ago. Yes, sir. You're my first phone call. I appreciate Oh, you, uh, you didn't even call your wife. You called me. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> well, to be fair, I sent her a text first and then called you. So technically I reached out. All right. You know what? No, no. No, I'm okay with that. I, I really I really am. <laughs> uh, and it, <laughs> that'd be, that's, um, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I'm, I'm glad that, that you took time to join me. Uh, boilers, tough day for the Boilers, unfortunately. Um, it's just, um, you know, it's one of those nights where couldn't put things together when they needed to. You know, it's funny, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but listening to you talk about a, a no-win situation for head coaches. Iowa fans are booing their team basically all day, you know, because <laughs> of, for whatever reason. Didn't think they threw enough passes or this, that, and the other. And we actually sit on the radio, we're like, man, this is a this is a program that wins nine or ten games every year, is always in the hunt for a Big Ten West Division championship, and yet the fans always seem to be displeased. <laughs> and we're like, hey, man, you, sometimes you just kind of realize just how good you have it and, uh, and appreciate what you have. But anyway, uh, to your point, yeah, just, you know, Iowa did to us today what they have been doing to teams for the last 20 years, and that is – they have a quarterback that completes six passes for the entire game, and yet right, they still find right. a way to beat you. And you're—it's that old, you know. You—you you, you pulled anyone aside that follows Big Ten football in the last twenty years, and you said, "Name me a team that could have a quarterback that could complete six passes for the whole game, yet that team would still win the game." Everyone to a man would say Iowa because that's what Iowa does to you. They're just so good defensively; they make life so tough on you on the defensive side of the football. Um, and they, 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 they always play just well enough, it seems like, to win the game, which is exactly what happened today. Purdue had more yards than they did offensively. Purdue had more time of possession than they did offensively. Purdue actually did a lot of things really well, but it's typical Iowa. You, you win a lot of – in the statistical categories, you win a lot of those stat sheet things, but then you look up at the final score and somehow you've lost the game and you're scratching your head wondering, how did we lose? Well – you lost because that's what Iowa does to you. They just they just find a way and a tip of the cap to Kirk Ferentz and, they, and those guys. They've been doing it for twenty plus years and and sure mm-hmm. enough they mm-hmm. did to produce today. You know, some people and I don't I don't like the expression at all. But some people say, well, you know, they their mo is they win they win games ugly. They're, they're ugly wins. I, yeah. I can never for the life of me understand how a win would be ugly because it's hard to win. <laughs> right. But here's you know here's what yeah. they do. I mean, this is a perfect example today. I you know Purdue has a chance. You know, at the end, uh, Iowa comes up with a stop, and they're 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 solid defensively year in and year out. 
you're going to have to do things. Uh, you're going to have to execute great offensively because they are very solid defensively. And that's one of those things uh, today is that their defense holds when they needed to, and the Boilers just couldn't get on the board. Yeah, that's a great point. They had, Iowa had six quarterback sacks today. They had 12 tackles for loss, which is a little interesting because they, they'd only had three quarterback sacks all season coming into this game. They they had not done a good job of getting after the passer, which they typically do, but, but they got back to their old ways today. But, yeah, that, they, you know, that's what they do. You move the ball down the field on them, say, between the 20s, and you're feeling pretty good right. about yourself offensively. You feel like, oh, we're going to punch it in or we're going to get a score here. And they come up with a quarterback sack or they come up with, a, you know, a, a, an eight-yard tackle behind the line of scrimmage. And so now you're behind the sticks, and, and the next thing you know, you've gone from, you know, first and 10 at their 20 to now it's, you know, a third and 27, and you're back at your 40-yard line or something. You're like, you're wondering, well, how, what just happened here? Again, that's what Iowa does to you. Right. They, they look right. into this false sense of hope <laughs> offensively, and then the next thing you know, they have like back-to-back tackles for loss, and all of a sudden you're at a field goal rate. They've been doing that for 20-some years under Kirk Ferentz, and like I said, tip of the cap to them. They just – they, they just find a way defensively to always just be a little bit better than you are offensively. And sure enough, man, they did it again today. I thought Purdue was pretty good offensively, to be quite honest. Did a lot of good things, but could not could not get over that Iowa hump of, like I said, just mm-hmm. think you got them right where you want them. Nope. They, they come up with a big play on defense, and all of a sudden you're scratching your head wondering what the heck just happened. Yeah, one thing Iowa does, they don't give up big plays. You know, it, it, it again, yeah, it's hard to right. score against them. Right. It's especially difficult to get a big play. It's hard to break a big one. Hard to break one of those game winners against these guys. They've gone, I think it's 19 straight games, Bob, without having given up 400 yards of offense uh, to any <laughs> team. And that's, a, and right. that's the reason why. They're – there are no 70-yard plays offensively and no 65-yard plays offensively because they don't – you're right. They don't give up the big play. They just keep everything in front of you and they – in front of them, I should say, and they wait for you to make a mistake. And Purdue today made two mistakes, had two interceptions. Exactly what they're wanting you to do. Uh, they're going to they're mm-hmm. play conservatively on defense, uh, not do anything too crazy, and they, will, they are playing the percentages that you're going to eventually make a mistake on a long drive and guess what? Purdue did that today a couple of times. I don't feel too badly about that because that's what they do to everybody, Iowa. They just wait for you to make a mistake on offense, and sure enough, uh, Purdue played right into their hands today. Hey, I know you're in your car. Can you can you hang on through this uh, this, yeah. short, this short sure, break? Sure. Yep. Can you hang with me? We'll talk more. Yes, sir. Perfect. Okay, yeah, Rob Blackman and I will come back and talk more Purdue football. Boilers lose to Iowa twenty to fourteen. Disappointing. They're all disappointing, but then you know it's you know it's a disappointing chance to possibly win that game. We'll talk about that. Their matchup with Ohio State coming up next week. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. Bad to worse for Notre Dame. It's now 30-13, Louisville on top of the Irish as Jeff Brom looking for a signature win down at Louisville. As the Cardinals are at home, it's been all Louisville for pretty much the entirety of the second half. Notre Dame had a 
Very small lead before that was given up. And the difference in the game, Sam Hartman has thrown two interceptions heading into tonight's game. He did not have a single pick all year as well. Louisville has done a terrific job on Notre Dame's rushing attack. ND has only 43 rush yards, 20 for Andre Gestime, and he has been the straw that stirs the drink for Notre Dame. So Louisville has executed their game plan, and 4.50 to go. The Cardinals looking for the upset victory. To the Indianapolis Colts, 1 o'clock tomorrow against the Tennessee Titans. We'll touch on this here at the top of the hour. We'll get you some sound from Jonathan Taylor, who today inked that three-year, $42 million contract, $26.5 million guaranteed. It is the richest running back contract since Nick Chubb signed his deal with Cleveland in 2021. Everybody in the AFC South is 2-2. Two and two. Colts have lost five straight at the hands of the Tennessee Titans. The last W for Indianapolis over their arrival from the South was November the 12th, 2020. And, I, of course, the question that comes up, what will Jonathan Taylor look like? Because Jim Irsay did allude to that they might give Taylor a bit of a pitch count. He's expected to play tomorrow. Taylor, before this week, his last practice, just practice, December of last year. I'm Brendan King. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Rob Blackman from the Purdue Sports Network rejoins us. Boilers fall to Iowa 20-14. to 14. We've talked about, you know, yardage and uh, Boilers did well. Give me some highlights. Give me something good that we can talk about positive in terms of what the Boilers did today. Well, uh, I will say this. Uh, Thieneman, uh, Dylan Thieneman, the freshman from Westfield, uh, had yet another interception today. He now has a team high three interceptions uh, on the season, so not bad for a true freshman uh, who has uh, played a whole bunch of. Well, he's been in the starting lineup actually every game as a free safety. Uh, right. Really good to see him continue to uh, to improve. Um, I got to tell you, from an injury standpoint, Bob, it, there were not a lot of really positive things to take out of this game. Late in the game, uh, mm. Marcus Bowes probably produced best offensive lineman. I think he would grade out the right. best. Uh, had a pretty severe ankle injury uh, late in that game, and they brought the card out for him. It's safe to assume he might be done for for quite a while here. Oh, uh, that certainly yes. Blue was already thin coming into the game with some injuries. So, um, uh, and that, speaking of freshmen, uh, Derek Rogers Jr., who's the true freshman. Uh, had to play at corner today. Started at cornerback because Purdue was uh, was really thin because of injuries, and actually did a good job of mm-hmm. holding his own. So I, I do think the future uh, future is very bright for Purdue in the secondary with with Roger right. right. guys that are playing a bunch now as freshmen. So you know, I thought I did think those were positive to see those young guys getting a lot of reps out there. And uh, look, I. I think one thing we've seen with Purdue through the first half of the season, now that we're halfway through, is this is a team that plays very hard. It is a team that's pretty well coached, seems to have a really good grasp of the game plan going in uh, for the opposition. It's just right now, Purdue's so thin uh, as far as talent level. I, I don't know if they're maximizing their talent level, but I think they're probably pretty close to doing that. They just there just aren't enough really, really high-level players to go around right now, and, and Purdue knew that going into the season. The, the, the cupboard wasn't completely bare uh, when Ryan right. took over this program last December, but but it was pretty bare. <laughs> so uh, he's doing the best with what he has. 
a lot of transfers came in in the offseason to try to fill some holes. So I do really think right. like this coaching staff's getting the most out of these guys. So that certainly is a positive. But as you know, Bob, you got to have some Jimmys and some Joes to win high-level football games in a big stand. And and Purdue probably just doesn't have enough of those guys right now. I think eventually they will, but right now they just don't have enough of them. Yeah, they got the wrong team coming in at the wrong time at the wrong place. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) With Ohio State next week. See, all those things notwithstanding, now you bring in this group. Yeah, speaking of a team that has plenty of Jimmys and Joes, uh, they got all kinds of them running all over the yeah. place. Uh, so that's going to be a, a real challenge next Saturday. Uh, Ohio State, you know, boy, they looked awfully good in the second half today against Maryland. Uh, so they'll look, they're going to come in, uh, obviously still ranked in the top five when they play at Purdue next Saturday at noon. Uh, so that's going to be a real, real challenge. Um, you know, look. The, the great thing about football is certainly any, any given Saturday. I'll remind the fans that it was five years ago that Ohio State came to Ross A Stadium, ranked second in the country, uh, and Purdue beat them on that on that special night at Ross A Stadium. That was five years ago. So uh, right. maybe it right. can happen again uh, here five years later. But yeah, it'll be a, it's going to be a huge monumental task to try to knock off those guys because they are truly. Uh, one of the very best football teams in the country. They proved it again today. They are they are really really good. Purdue losing to Iowa on the road today, twenty to fourteen. Rob Blackman from the Purdue Sports Network on the call. Rob, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I know you've had a long day. Drive safely, and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds great, Bob. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's a pro right there. Get off a plane, text your wife, call the show. <laughs> I certainly don't. I don't deserve it. We appreciate what Rob Blackman does for us. Boilers, tough day. IU had the weekend off, so we'll come back. School board update coming up soon. I'll come back, short break, talk some more football. Cults. Welcome back. This is Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Driven to Save Lives.org is their website. Brendan King, talk to me now about uh, the Pacers. I know it's football season, but Pacers get ready for preseason game tomorrow. Is that correct? Preseason tomorrow, coach in Memphis. So, yeah, training camp underway and media day took place last Monday at their practice facility downtown. And, Yeah, I mean, it's happening quick, no doubt. I mean, the NBA preseason is definitely shorter than other comparable leagues. I mean, they're only playing three preseason games. Everything's shorter than the NFL. Oh, absolutely. And even the NHL. I mean, NHL clubs play eight or nine preseason games. The Pacers are playing three. Right. Um, And then they're going to get set to get things rolling. Uh, Make it four, actually, for the Pacers in the preseason. Regardless, that's not many. But they'll get started October the 25th against the Wizards. And that's a home matchup. So, yeah, in Memphis tomorrow, taking taking on the Grizzlies, sorry, tomorrow at 8. And it's the preseason opener. Get a look at uh, some new guys, Bruce Browns of the world and Obi Toppin. And defensively, I think there is some potential for this group when you look at how athletic they are and how lengthy they are. I mean, Bruce Brown won an NBA championship last year. So there's some exciting stuff. It is, and and quite frankly, um, it is a young and talented group. Uh, say the right things, do the right things. 
uh, I, I, I'm a fan. I, I really, I really like what they're doing. I, I, I hope that it translates into lots of wins. But uh, what they've done in this amount of time to literally rebuild this group is amazing. Yeah, I think they've been patient, but they've also attacked when necessary. And you know, the big talk of the last week has been the Buddy Healed stuff, and it's sort right. of funny to look at when you compare and contrast how Buddy Healed has taken upon this extension discussion. When you look at what Jonathan Taylor did, of course, it was very ugly in the summer. Mm -hmm. And I think that's Mm -hmm. quickly here going to be swept under the rug, Coach, at least in my opinion. They're going to try and get past all that ugliness and the drama from the summer now that JT is signed. But when it comes to Buddy Heald, Coach, there has been zero drama. He was at Media Day on Monday. He did a full Mm -hmm. media session. He answered every question about his contract, which is something that Taylor did not do. And Heald has been a great teammate in the process. So I think mm-hmm. Buddy Heald, for a multi-million dollar athlete and a guy that's one of the best three-point shooters of all time, he has handled this professionally. He's a great teammate. And he has said that he's even willing to come off the bench. So I'm sure, of course, if you're Buddy Heald, you want to make as many millions as you can. But he's doing everything sure. right in the process. Uh, and can knock down jumpers. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the great equalizer <laughs> when it comes to hoops, can you make jump shots? It's a jump shot. It's a miss or make league. <laughs> and, and, you know, we love you when you make them. That's the idea. That's Brendan the King, you're the best. You having fun tonight? You missed it. You haven't been here for a week or so. This is fun, isn't it? Besides the Notre Dame score, we're doing good. Uh, Brendan King coming up with scoreboard update this is network indiana's indiana sports talk